Welcome to Empowering Chats with Susan Burrell. This is where I help strong, capable women excavate the inner garbage in their life so they can become more confident and have more clarity on who they are and how they really want to be in the world. We have rich, juicy conversations about, yeah, you guessed it, empowerment, but also about radiating your brilliance and loving yourself more than you ever have in your life. And who doesn't want that? So join me now for another empowering chat. Hi, me again. And uh, this is the beginning of another month of 2021. And what I am calling or asking you to focus on and what the uh, guests on the show this month are going to be discussing is healing. How do we heal? Do we heal within How do we heal our mind? How do we heal our body? How do we heal our emotional system? How do we heal our energy system, which we are all experiencing some amazing energy happening right now? I I just know each of us is, as we open to being light leaders and as we open to the light and love that we are, we are experiencing healing, letting go of what doesn't work for us, right? Thoughts, people ideas, concepts, and then infusing ourselves with an energy that is aligned with the truth of our individual beings. Because I think, I really believe we all have individual truths and we have to heal from the inside out. We have to heal from the inside out before we can really comprehend what our individual truths are. So that's the theme for this month, healing. And I really invite you to go to susanburrell.com and find out more about what I'm up to and what we do out in the world. Enjoy the show. So I am so fascinated to see how this conversation is going to go today. Um, I have an amazing, brilliant light leader and uh, intuitive healer who's joining me today for a conversation. And we're already having so much fun before we even started to record. So I want to welcome Scott Clover. Thanks for joining me. Thank you, Susan. I'm happy to be here. So, So while we're talking, I just want everybody to know I'm in California and Scott's in Lisbon. Currently, yeah. Yeah, so we, we, our internet is just doing a little funky dance, and hopefully while we have the conversation, everything is easy peasy. So, um, so Scott, I just want to tell a little bit of the story, okay, Scott? Sure. So Scott reached out to me uh, because, well, you don't need to know that backstory. He reached out to me uh, and offered to do a healing session for me. Um, so that I could understand the work that he does, because he is an energy healer, an intuitive healer. He is uh, a somatic healer. I mean, there's all different descriptors for you, right, Scott? Yeah, it's coming to be that there's many bullet points to my pedigree, yeah. Which is actually kind of cool, because that also suggests to me, and having had the experience with you now, that your your, skill set is very large and all-encompassing, so that there's so many people you can um, support in their healing. Yes, the, the the way I approach energy and perception of energy and then guiding it for healing, um, it really can help people from many different facets of life. If you have a trauma background or if you are a stifled creative, 
Sometimes those overlap and sometimes they don't. But I like to work with both of those sets of people because yeah. it's people desiring to get better. Yeah. And those are the people that find me. Generally, the people that find me really have a stronger desire to get better um, than just going to a talk therapist and telling them their problems. Because you don't tell me your problems. We work through the energy that's in your body and how to maybe expunge it or transmute it, transform it. Um, so it can benefit you eventually. And that yeah. can be a, a myriad of different reasons why it got placed there. And it shows up in so many different ways. So here's the thing, everybody. There's, there's a couple, you just brought up a bunch of points, Scott, that I want to educate people on. And, and then uh, we'll talk a little bit about my session to, as an, an illustration. But the, the thing that Scott's talking about, and because he's like in a different country from me, doesn't mean he has to be in the same room with me in order to support my healing. And this is something called non-locality. You can be in different places, different points on the earth. I was going to say, or also other dimensions, but you can be in other places and you can work with an individual and they can activate the healing within yourself, within your physical, mental, and emotional bodies so that your alignment to the truth of who you are, right? Mm -hmm. It is, uh, becomes more, uh, I want to say, uh, uh, the alignment is easier to handle. It's like kind of like going to a chiropractor. You might have to go a couple of few times for that spine to realign or whatever it is you're working on. But once yeah. it's aligned, then you, the individual, can hold that alignment. And that's a lot of what you do, right, Scott? Correct. Yes, I embolden people's energy fields so they can get better. Ooh, whether I like that's, that. Whether that's instantaneous, which happens often, or more progressive. Yeah. Okay, so... But to, to, to go with your point, in the quantum energy field, geography is non-important. If I'm reading a, a backstory of an ancestor, that, doesn't, that ancestor's energy doesn't have a geography. Mm -hmm. The same way I don't need to be in the same room or in the same area as the person that I'm working with because it's their field that I'm observing. And I can observe that field from anywhere. Just like a past life or an, an archetypal pattern or an ancestral pattern. Those don't, those no longer have geography. What, right. Yeah. Well, and even us in, in, in embodied and physical form don't necessarily have geography. We just decided we wanted to have the the touchy-feely experience for a little while. That works, so, yeah. So uh, when you talk, okay, so we're just running around the, the block here. Um, when you talk about reading, it's not like you're opening a book and reading, right? Explain to everybody what reading is for people that have not gone to an intuitive healer. Right, some some people think they see the word intuitive in my in my on my website and they think I'm going to do a psychic reading on them. I get that a lot too. And that's not really where my skill set, where I desired my skill set to go when I, you know, started burgeoning again as a psychic in middle, in middle age. I knew that I wanted to cater my, my healing energies towards healing other people. And I knew that also archetypally I was set up for that. I have certain archetypes that sort of lead, lend me to be a healer. So I sort of, I call it, I do what I am. Oh, 
I, I so understand that. I so understand that. I, I, you know, I have a class going on right now and one of the participants said something that came out of an experiential he was doing. And it was the exact same thing that I'm working on. And, you know, so I, I, I teach what it is I am currently, or have just recently learned so that, you know, just to help everybody. So fascinating to me. So, um, okay. So you're saying, first of all, let's talk about archetypes. Then I want to go back to your, how you, what your story is that got you here. Okay. And I promise everybody will talk about my little session thing. If that's shows up. Okay. So archetypes, why, what are archetypes and how, why are you feeling like your work is in alignment with the archetypes that you are? So when I first, uh, not first, but one of the healers that I met with years into my uh, coming out as an intuitive um, was an archetypal reader. And so she read my archetypal pattern. And so I know what my archetypes are per like, I think the Carolyn Mace model. Oh, Carolyn Mace. Okay. Yeah. So this woman worked in, under that model and was also an intuitive. And so she helped guide me sort of to hone my skill set and to understand where my pitfalls might be and to fill those in so clients don't fall into my into my potholes, right? So I spent many years uh, knowing I was an intuitive before I ever got near a client. I wanted to make sure that I had sort of clean hands. You wouldn't go to a surgeon with dirty fingernails, right? So right. Um, I worked for years with varying different types of of intuitives and healers and things like that to make sure that I was uh, clean enough to work with uh, with clients that my stuff wasn't sort of Venn diagramming into theirs. I think wow. it's real prudent. It's real prudent for people to really know themselves before they start advocating for others. I and, absolutely agree. Yeah. I, I mean, I and I would say that goes across the spectrum of professionals, right? A lawyer needs to really be clean with their stuff. Correct. Well, in our world, our world, you know, we know the karma wheel sort of exists or some variation of that karma wheel exists and authenticity is so important. So I want to come with to a, a bond with my clients as authentic as I can with the appreciation that my goal is to share a healing experience with them, to bring what I've learned over the years and my skill sets and my intuition um, to their experience so they can have the experience. A, a healing experience with me is not about me. It's about the person I'm working with. Which I so appreciated, Scott. And I appreciate you um, stating this clearly for people that are listening, because there are lots of people out there, everybody, there's lots of people out there and they are promoting themselves as the real deal. And you, so if you are going to work with a healer, really listen to your intuition as well. Because yeah. just because somebody says I'm an intuitive doesn't mean that's so, right? Any anybody well, just because you can read a chakra doesn't mean you should do it for someone else if you're unskilled or your intention is askew. Yeah. Yeah. I've worked I've I've unfortunately fallen in, into other people's potholes, like you said, Scott, and then got myself in such a twist because I didn't listen to my intuition that said straight off no. No, no, mm -hmm. no, no, no. Yeah. And but mm -hmm. the the talk was so persuasive that I stepped in and the walk wasn't matching the talk. Got it. So I appreciate that you took the time. That's uh that's high integrity, very high integrity. 
to take the time to clarify yourself. And I imagine you continue to do that. Correct. I, I still continue to do that. Yeah. Well, I think it's imperative for people who work with other people's energies to make sure that their field gets cleaned off at least a couple times a week. Yeah. Um, don't want to bring energies from one session into the next one. So there's certain very specific rituals I do to disconnect or connect and then, you know, clean myself off or certain, you know, I, I talked about earlier in my podcast, uh, witch hazel and lavender oil. Oh, that's a great psychic neutralizer. If you work with clients on with your hands or even over the phone, you put a bottle of a glass bottle of witch hazel with, uh, you know, maybe 15 drops of lavender oil, just just to smell. Um, and it's a great psychic neutralizer. Uh, that's the first time I've heard of that. Yeah. I love that. I'm going to so, do that. I'm full of little tips like that. But wait, do I put, do you put that on or you just have it next to your bed? No, you spray it on your hands and you rub them off. You know, like ah, you, yeah, you spray it on your hands, that. you put a little on your decollete behind your neck and it really like calms your energy down. Okay. Yeah. I am doing that. Thank you. So, yeah. so I want to hear um, what brought you to the realization uh, of your, you know, your, the realization that you were intuitive and then the willingness to surrender and be that and live from that. Yeah. So uh, probably a three-step story. The initial story is that I was very intuitive as a child. I knew where everything in the house was without, you know, knowing it. Um, <laughs> yeah. The adults, the teachers around me, the principal, no one really quite knew what to make of me. Cause I wasn't a child per se, cause my perception was so adult and I could read people so easily. Um, the stories then were made up of how was I able to pull off these things that I was doing. And I wasn't pulling anything off. I was just perceiving energy and then explaining it in, you know, from a nine-year-old's perspective to the point that the adults around me would make up stories, you know, oh, he snoops or he looks through every drawer. Oh, yeah. I never looked through every drawer. I never snooped. I just, if I wanted to know where something was, I just knew where something was in my, I saw it in my mind and then I could tell somebody. Right. But there were no words for that in the seventies. Mm -hmm. So the adults around me were like, oh, he's this or that. And that can really have an impact when, when you're told you're disingenuous as a child and you're not disingenuous. And you're not being, yes. Yeah. That's a, that's a mind bend. Oh, you were um, so polite there. And yeah, I, I almost dropped an F-bomb. That's okay. <laughs> so um, I realized, I remembered, and I've talked about this previously, I was walking down the hall in my middle school and I could tell my peers were starting to alienate me mm. because I knew certain things about them or I would win all the, the math things that had to do with patterns. Like if anything was a pattern, I could just tell you what the next things in the pattern were. My father told me at one point I was doing like college or graduate level degree code breaking and I wow. wasn't doing any code breaking. He just sent me a set of numbers and I just told him what the next numbers were because for me, it was like reading a music sheet, even though I don't read music. So around 11 or 12, um, I just realized my peers were starting to alienate me and I was going to not, I was going to be... I wasn't going to say popular, but I didn't want to be unpopular because I was weird at 11 or 12. And I was weird I enough. Totally I, relate to that. I, know, <laughs> I was a burgeoning gay kid in the, in the 80s when it didn't exist. And so I was weird enough with the clothes I wore and everything else. So I decided and I made a conscious effort. I remember in the hallway to shut whatever that was down. 
Mm. And it just shut itself down. And over the course of the years, I would pick up stuff if I'm like taking a shower, I would understand certain physics or certain things about energy that I would then read articles about later and be like, oh, I saw that in my head. Um, and then later in life, I was out on a trip and uh, a couple of days into the trip, the person I was with said, so tell me about how psychic you are. And I said, well, what are you talking about? And this was like my late thirties. And they said, well, we went to the airport and you did that thing at the airport and then that thing at the rental car company. And then that thing the other day, and you know, like this person had spent a few days with me and, and started picking up these aspects of me. And I had been so closed off. I mean, I remember when Amazon first started, when you could, you know, hear the squawk of the modem. Uh -huh. <laughs> I went online and I bought two books about, are you psychic? And I wouldn't, I was almost like a little kid trying to buy a porno magazine. Like I was so embarrassed that I wouldn't go to a store and buy that. So I used the internet, which was brand new. <laughs> and I bought two books and they came and I read like the first chapter and a half of this one book. And it was such garbage that I knew that what the guy was writing didn't apply to me at all. He told me that all, all psychic energy came from behind the temples. And I looked at it and I went, oh, okay, that's, this isn't for me. Apparently I'm not psychic. And it was an excuse to put it away. Uh -huh. So during that trip, I sort of had a, a coming of age moment. And I said, oh, I have to accept this or not. But it was, it, it, once I broke the, the, the seal, that was it. Now you can't put that genie back in the bottle or you can't ring, unring the bell. When I said to the person that challenged me, you know, what kind of psychic are you? I said, I have no idea. I don't know anything about it. And that was, I think about 12 years ago. And that's when I, I sort of just said, okay, if I'm, if I'm gonna do this, I did some research on the internet. I said, I'm gonna find the most talented people out there and I'm going to fly to them and, and take classes and workshops. And so for the first couple of years, I flew all over the, all over the country with, with mentors and, and other intuitives that I really respected. And I did my research um, and took classes with them. And then from there, it folded out and folded out. And I, um, I had a mentor who was a somatics expert, a psychiatrist in New York City, and uh -huh. my mentor. And I worked with him for almost 10 years doing um, somatic workshops all over the world um, for varying different reasons, sexuality, um, uh, drug and alcohol abuse, creativity expansion, things like that. So I, I started in the somatics realm and the more somatics works I did, when my first session with that mentor, he asked me how my body felt. And I retracted and kicked back and said, I don't, I, I don't know, how would I know that? And he's like, cause right. you have to feel your body. Well, I didn't want to feel my body. I'd been through stuff in my life that my body was off limits. Yeah. Well, just tapping into the body and saying the words, oh, I have intuition was sort of a, a kismet moment and a spark happened between the two. And then it was pretty rough. The, the first couple of years were pretty rough. I mean, there were days I was writhing around on my bed in pain. Um, it felt like I had a crown of thorns on my head because my family historically has intuition going back generations, but there were alcohol abuse because of it. You uh -huh. know, person drank every day so they didn't hear the voices mm -hmm. uh, my father was in denial of his skill set even though little stories would come out you know every once in a while and so I'm really the first person in my lineage to accept it and not only accept it but then talk about it freely and it's not easy no it takes uh, so, years to come on camera and say this and say these because things and, it's now, just and not, not accepted and, in our society and, uh -huh. and at a certain point i thought wow you know i came out as a teenager in the 80s 
my sense of self, I thought was fine until it came to this. So there were years even into my practice that some of my best friends were like, are you, what are you doing for work again? What, what is it you do? And I just, well, you know, I'm, I'm kind of like a therapist, I say. I'm kind of like a therapist. I'm not a therapist, but I'm kind of like that. So, and then from there, it finally said, well, I use my intuition and my skill set, and I see somatic energies in people and I help them purge them, et cetera, et cetera. So, but it's been a long row to hoe to get here, I would say. Um, but once again, as I said, once the genie's out of the bottle, you can't put it back in. Mm-hmm. So and, uh, yeah. I, I, I want to, first of all, acknowledge you, Scott, um, because coming from a long, long ancestral line, of intuitives and healers and the, 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 for, (laughs) for many centuries, no wonder you fail like you had a crown of thorns on your head, right? For many centuries, those people were, uh, persecuted. Correct. Right. Violently, violently, violently. I have a lot of that in my personal past life history. Mm-hmm. So I so I just want to acknowledge you for stepping in again because you've been doing this for centuries yourself, right? So stepping in again and then allowing you to be the vehicle that heals the ancestral lineage that was abused and denied and everything. So you're like the new, the brand new threshold. Yeah, I remember doing doing some really intense work years ago with a healer that we talked about my historic, my past life historic fundamentalism. Mm. That it would flip back and forth. You know, one life I would get my tongue cut out and the next life I would be the one cutting the tongues out. To the point that you have to decide, well, make make a decision. Right. You know, believe what you believe. Don't believe a dogmatic approach. And that's what I really like about promoting my own work is I'm non-dogmatic. I read energy. The energy speaks for itself. So exactly. it's not um, coming. It, yes, it comes from different sources, those energies. But the dogma behind it, um, I just wasn't able to attach to. And so that's when I applied the word energy healer in. Because it really, for me, is about the energy in and around a person's body or in their historical patterns that those are the things I'm able to sense. And then hopefully they sense them in a way that, that they can clear or purge or unkink the hose that's been kinked. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So explain to people, let's go back to somatic. Okay. Because I don't know that a lot of people really know what that means. And oftentimes it means like an in-person experience, right? Yeah, for me, it means a body drop. It means going into your own body. So somatics to me is pers- a person able to connect to their own body's energies. Okay. Whether that's an auric field, a chakra, an intestine, a cellular vibration. It can be any number or a, con- a combination of those things. Mm-hmm. That to me is what somatics means. And, and going again, in and, and reaching your own conclusion from what your body's trying to tell you. So it's, it's learning, learning to listen to your body. Right, because one of them, like, yes. Like you just shared, you did you didn't know what was going on with your body necessarily. No, that was about fifteen years ago when he said, you know, how does your body feel? I really just like, ah, I don't want to answer that question because I don't know how. 
Right. So exactly. if I can help people answer that question for themselves, then, then, you know, I've had a good day. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, the, the other thing about knowing, learning how to listen to your own body, then the individual after working with you can maintain their own awareness and then, you know, and then come and see you for like a tune up. Correct. Exactly. That's, that's actually how I prefer it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I find that is so for me when my clients eventually are able to stand on their own two feet, so to speak, that's the best day of my life because then, then they just need to see me every once in a while. They don't, we don't need ongoing talk about your stuff. Well, and that depends. I mean, as I said, there's many different facets to my work sort of like the exorcist version of taking really, you know, repugnant things out of your energy field. And then there's other people who just want bolstering. Right. And there's people who have been in the therapy model that don't appreciate the therapy model. And so they switch over to energy. So I have plenty of clients that I see, you know, weekly or bi-monthly and and that's wonderful for them because it's just a way for them to check in on themselves Mm -hmm. and keep going and keep going and keep going. Mm -hmm. Because we all, I mean, not we, we all should have somebody to bounce our lives off of that aren't our family or friends, right? So right. it's a real I, nice I, gift I, to yourself to be able to reach out to a professional, whoever that may be, and, and share your own experience with them because that's their job. Right. Yeah. And, to, and to allow yourself uh, that support. Correct. I mean, how many people are my afraid practice, for asking? My practice prior COVID was in Manhattan. Mm-hmm. And I saw a lot of people in Manhattan and they just liked to come over to the office just to have an hour off. Just, they get an hour of me time. Uh-huh. You know, that's their time to go into their bodies and, and relax. I, it's a couple of my sort of hyperactive Manhattan clients would say, oh, it's like a vacation in my body coming to see you. If we do <laughs> just like somatic works where they just drop into their body and do relaxation work. Um, and with my intuition, I can guide it so the efficacy is is more potent than just doing a, a guided meditation on your own. That's where it's different. You use you use my guided intuition to really get to some depths quicker, and the expunging process or the transmutation process can be quite rapid because you're healing in community. My intention to heal you and your intention to heal you couple together, and that creates you know, three points of healing, not just two points of healing. So that's what I call healing in community. And it can be one-on-one, that's two people creating a healing energy that's more powerful than themselves individually. Or I think you do groups, mm-hmm. which groups can be extremely powerful. If there's a healing vibration going through the group oh. and people register that and the other four sort of have a cousin's version of that, then, then it, it ameliorates all of them. Yes. And now that tide rises all the boats in the workshop, so to speak. That's exactly right. And, and it's, I love doing work with groups because mm-hmm. of that. And yeah. to watch people that enter in and they really don't quite have a clue what's about to happen. And all the different lights start sparkling and everybody's vibration raises and healing occurs across the board. It's, it, for me, it's so much fun. It's just fun. Well, a lot of times in a group, and even as I said, one-on-one, that healing and community energy comes to the first chakra and establishes a sense of tribe. Mm-hmm. So that sense of tribe automatically gets kicked in and say, oh, I'm being appreciated, or at least I'm not being unappreciated by, by my, you know, the people in this room. So it, it lets people's guards down a little bit 
from the outside world where you can't say, oh, I had an intuitive hit at that on, on your board meeting and have everyone go, oh, well, then we must follow it. Right, right. Right. We have so many different ways to talk around it. And so many television shows that I watch are about intuitive characters, mostly women. And they never once actually say the word intuitive, but they're putting patterns together and they're they're making resources. I mean, I was just watching Homeland or Scandal. Those those shows are about intuitive women who are powerful mm-hmm. and they use their intuition for better, for worse, um, as part of the storyline. And it's never once mentioned. Right. And isn't that so, wow, that is so fascinating too. So this new paradigm that we're entering, I'm just shifting all over the place now. Okay. This new paradigm that we're entering into as a global community mm-hmm. that is based on the divine feminine energy that is about working community. It's about unity and oneness. It's about uh non-competition it's like it's not necessarily our opposite of the patriarchal but it's going to take uh the best pieces of the old paradigm which has been patriarchal for centuries and move it into this newer uh way of being and it takes all of us being intuitive it take wouldn't it be wonderful if a if a corporation ran its business from a higher purview of following intuition and doing what's best for the global community, not what's best for the top board members to get their multi-million dollar, whatever they get things. Right, and some corporations are doing that. America, you know, back a hundred years ago, I don't remember when, when they decided to make a corporation have the same rights as a human. they really broke that sense of trust. And America, unfortunately, has been one of the leaders of of denigrating or um, underlying the individuals as individual aspects of community. Right. Um, so that's changing, and it may change through government. It may change just through the the sheer will of people not tolerating it anymore. Yeah. Well, and I and I really have come to believe that it is changing because individuals are waking up and wanting to honor their own integrity. Correct, yes. When you talk to, when if I work with clients long-term, we eventually get to authenticity. Mm-hmm. We eventually get to how important their truth and their word is to their action. So, and that's yeah. how they can, they can begin to trust themselves and therefore then see trust in the outer world and mm-hmm. that builds a stronger, uh, a stronger global community. Agreed. I call it intuition is our evolution. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, with that said, um, I want to share with everybody the the experience I had with Scott uh, with my session um, because of everything he's just said that. Uh, being so being an intuitive healer myself i have i fell into uh possibly what's really not healthy uh thing of working other people's energy through my body so processing for the client it's very common uh, and and getting good results right mm-hmm. uh for the client 
but I began, to, I developed all sorts of diseases and illnesses. And, and um, as I've gotten older and I built different uh, boundary systems and ways that I work with clients, um, I don't do that as much, but I'm still like this open, um, I want to say sponge mm-hmm. where things land, you know, going to the grocery store, it's, you know, people, I just walk by somebody and I walk out with five different things on me. That's not mine. Mm-hmm. Um, so when traumatic things have happened in my life, this is just so everybody knows I process it through my body. So when I was going through divorce, I was hiving from my eyelids to my toes for an entire year, no, nonstop. I think I had three days off of that year. Um, when I got out of divorce, I, my hands started swelling because there, you know, there was all this stuff that I was still processing I hadn't let go of. When my parents moved near me and I was now going to be eventually their power of attorney kind of person, my left arm just was twisted. It was, I was, it was against what I wanted, right? Against my will. I had to release all that, took years. So when my mom passed in September, my right arm did a whole bunch of stuff and my neck was pinching nerves. And I'm telling you guys all this, my, my shoulder blades could never release. I was in constant pain. I remember, yeah. Yeah. And so Scott said, and I'm working it through and I'm all, I thought I was almost done and I'm tagging all the different ancestral things and family of origin things and I'm releasing and cutting cords and and I get on this call with Scott and he's like, okay, so right between your shoulder blades. I'm like, what? Okay. He's like, do you want to do this? I'm like, yeah. He goes, and he, he could, you, you, Scott, you specifically got right where it was from the very beginning, which I, I personally appreciate because I don't like pussyfooting around. Okay. You know, let's just get it done. And, right. and one thing led to another, he, you know, at one point you said you are an energy plumber and that's exactly what happened because of the images you asked me to uh, visualize within my body to help facilitate the release. Um, they were very easy to understand images that then working with you and together we could release a lot of it. Very In much fact, so. I am, I am 90 Five percent pain free now. Wow, so, that's impressive. Good yeah, for you. Yeah, and my back is healed. My back. I was seeing a chiropractor often because of my back. I saw him on Monday. He's like, "Whoa, <laughs> whatever you did just worked." I was like, "Thank you very much." <laughs> so the I the fact I'm just saying this out loud for everybody the 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 fact that you Scott can see intuitively the patterning of an individual's body and find where the trauma, the emotional trauma has lodged. And a lot of people don't realize that dis-ease is, I want to say 100% relatable to emotional trauma and drama. At least in my body, it is. It's connected, definitely, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I stay I'm, away from absolutes, but it's, it's, it's very much there. Yes. Yeah. So I'll say the absolute and you can be the, the morphic uh, 
<laughs> guy. Yeah, it's there's such a connection, and people people don't realize that, and and a lot of that goes back to having um, dissed our own intuition, you know, having suppressed our own intuition, having given up our power to authorities, people that you know get a degree and then now they're an authority on what you need to do for your body, and I think that all of our bodies are so uniquely our own it's hard uh there isn't a one-size-fits-all that the medical community often wants to give you as a diagnosis correct and that's why people find me because i will explain to them differently than what a a pattern is meaning a doctor is going to try and heal you with a medication that is supposed to work for 85 million other people and we're all built differently so I'm an individual energy purveyor, meaning I will work on the individual's energy just on their behalf, right? You can't just say blanketly that all of these people in in the world have fibromyalgia because they don't know what it is. So it, to me, it, it reads more like energy trapped in the body. Yeah. And it's a discorded energy. It's, it's like two pieces of sandpaper rubbing together. Well, what I do is I take the sand off the paper and then get rid of one of them. And then you're left with more of an original pattern that you appreciate that original pattern because you're more comfortable with that original pattern. So I so appreciate the way you explain these things. Um, And I'm taking notes. So going back to an individual being aware of their intuition as the guidance system. Um, tell me if you, if you found this with lots of your clients in, in my experience, my, my personal case, I, uh, was highly intuitive, suppressed it. Mm-hmm. And I got married within the first two years. I knew it wasn't right. And I ignored that. I ignored it. I stopped trusting myself. And excuse me, see, I'm talking about it. I got a cough. So, <coughs> so, but so what happened is instead of following my intuition and making a choice that was going to be not fun, getting married at year two, I mean, getting divorced at year two, I ignored it to the point that nine years in, I became a type one diabetic and I almost died because I just turned all that distrust into my body so that I couldn't trust or listen to my body. And that kinks a hose. You called me earlier, the energetic plumber, which is what I've been named um, recently. Um, I help unkink those hoses. I help people see where their hoses are kinked and then we work together to unkink them. And that's really just an energy flow or lack thereof. Exactly, exactly. Yep. And, and, and there's uh, no dogma and, there. There's no dogma, what I just said. It's, it's you're, you're being contracted. Your energy is either too open or too closed. And both of those situations are not harmonious. So some people come to me because they're too open. Some people come to me because they're too closed. Right. And we work with what I call the energetic aperture. And that can be an, an intuitive aperture, or that can be an energetic chi aperture flowing through the body. Mm-hmm. It can be your chakras are too open. So close the aperture of, of one of your chakras. 
or open the aperture up of, of the back of your chakras because they're so intimidated by other people's issues that they've thrown onto you that that's where they land is in the back of people's chakras. And rarely do I hear people talk about the back of the chakras. And I think that's why the efficacy of my work comes into play is because I not only sense those, but I am able to help the person clear them. Awesome. And you we, did help We have me. a natural instinct to only see our bodies from where our eyes can see. Uh-huh. So when I tell someone to clear off the back of their knee, they, they can't really do it at first because they don't know what the back of their knee looks like. So we right. have to use the imagination. And that's, that's another aspect of my work is engaging and embracing the childhood imagination where creation and imagination meet. You, you mentioned how I relate to energy. I use a lot of metaphor. And I use a lot of metaphor because A, that's the way I see it. Mm -hmm. And if I'm seeing it on your behalf, I'm seeing it for you, not for me. Mm -hmm. So I'm seeing a metaphor that applies to you. And if I apply the metaphor correctly, then you're going to understand it quicker. And we get to the point a lot quicker. Absolutely. And I Absolutely. don't generally stammer. I don't say, well, it's kind of like this or it's kind of like that. I see it as it's presented to me. And then I do my best to describe that metaphor to you. And generally it aligns. Yeah. And, and I know that it's for you because I've over the years, I've had clients where I come up with things that I don't know much about. And that so specifically main is is what is applying to the client in, in, in the time. I remember once I had a, a girl who grew up in Brooklyn, a, a young woman, and I made some reference to what something I'd seen in a movie once of like a pigeon coop on top of a building uh -huh. in Queens. Uh -huh. And for some reason, I was obligated to tell her it's kind of like a pigeon coop where these birds they don't live there. They just go there for safety. And she, her eyes lit up and she started bouncing up and down. And she said, my Nana used to take me up to the top of her building in the Bronx where she had a pigeon house. And that meant absolutely nothing to me, but I saw it in my mind and I had to relay it to the client. And lo and behold, it was directed very specifically for her because it brought back her grandmother's energy, which helped the healing process, et cetera. Oh my God, that's fabulous. I love that. Yeah. I love that. And I love that you are um, honoring yourself, Scott, by following your path and listening oh, and facilitating and supporting and helping others. I, I, am, I'm, I am having uh, received your skill set. I'm deeply grateful that you were out in the world doing this. It's, it's vital, important work. Yeah, I think I am too. I mean, I'm grateful for the ability to do it, but I'm also grateful that I have the ability to share it for people where it really is making a difference. Yeah. Awesome. And I know it's making a difference because it's so specific sometimes on how I'm relating to the client. And then I hear back afterwards. Yes, exactly. I can't believe this, or I can't believe that, or my divorce, which was going to take four years and cost me $200,000 is going to wrap up in a few months and it's, it's not going to cost me anything you know, disengaging from these energies that cause people turmoil is just as important as, you know, thinking you have to fight through them. Yes, exactly. The tenacity so, of our energy is sometimes, you know, discordant with what you really want. And that's what I'm able to hopefully let people understand by working with me. Awesome. Yeah. So Scott, uh, Scott, tell everybody your website so they can find you if they want to work with you and you've got a podcast. Sure. So uh, scottclover.com. It's my name. Um, there's information on there. There's testimonials, things like that. And then I do have a podcast. It's called the Intuitive Energy Podcast. 
and I talk about uh, empathy, boundaries, um, self-control, uh, self-protection, uh, psychic protection, things like that. Uh, how intuition can ameliorate our existence if we lean into it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so it's almost like you're the new, uh, your podcast is like, uh, I want to say it's a, uh, not a cliff note, but a short version on anyone that's looking to expand their intuition and understand who they are as an intuitive. Yeah, it's not only, you know, comes from my past experience of going through it, but also what I see with my clients. I would say 30% of my clients, or, or maybe a little more, um, want to hone and understand their intuition better. So that's why they come to see me. And in doing that, the healing happens, or the healing happens, and then they understand their intuition better. Exactly. But they're drawn to me. I mean, I had a woman that I've never actually met in person who said, I found you on the internet, and my intuition told me I had to work with you. And we have done incredible work with her over the over the last few months of her coming into her own and awesome. stepping, into, stepping into her own power. And she found me on the internet and it was her intuition that said, I have to work with you. And then she goes and tells all of her friends. So now her friends have seen me too. And then they call and they say, can you believe he did this with me? And then this happened, et cetera. <laughs> so it's really nice to know that it it spirals out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it definitely spirals I was out. hearing a short mini series about to occur <laughs> with all the different friends that have seen Scott Clover. I love it. Scott, thank you so much for, again, for doing the work that you do and being as vulnerable and honest and authentic as you are. I, I, have... I make an effort. I'm not perfect either, to be clear. No, exactly. Well, we all but have I hold the intention that, you know, I know what my role is and that's to help other people heal. And I, I take it seriously. And I appreciate that. Thank you so much. And I'm glad you liked your session. Oh, it's, it's, it definitely helped with a a myriad of things. Definitely helped with a myriad of things. So thank you so much. Um, So scottclover.com and there's everything on his website. So everybody, I encourage you to go and um, check him out. Listen to one of his podcasts. And, uh, and then, you know, see what happens, follow your intuition. It's important. So thank you, Scott, for joining me. And You're very welcome. Thanks, Susan. I appreciate it. I'm just going to end with, and so it is namaste. Well, that wraps up our empowering chat today. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you did go to susanburrell.com, you can See all of the information about my new book, Live an Empowered Life, A 30-Day Journey. You can also access guided meditations that I have on Insight Timer through the website. And just see what else is out there on my site that you might find empowering and exciting to experience. You can also contact me through the website at susan at susanmorell.com. That's it for today. See you next time.